Welcome to the Keep Rising podcast, hosted by Project Still I Rise Incorporated. Project Still I Rise is a community-based nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering today's youth for tomorrow's opportunities. This podcast is dedicated to education, empowerment, and inspiration on behalf of young people and communities across the nation. Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Keep Rising with your favorite host in the land, uh, Nick Howard. And uh, it's a, a blessing to be on this show again, continue to host and just deliver good content for you guys to to be able to empower yourselves, to make sure you're becoming better leaders in America and, you know, just making the best out of yourselves and so you can do better for your, your future lives and your future families. Um, today's uh, topic, what we're going to talk about is the importance of investing. And um, I have the pleasure of having uh, a brother that I met from the gym uh, not too long ago. His name is Sean Cromwell, a very intelligent brother when it comes to the investing world. So uh, Sean, tell us uh, about yourself, your, your background, and, and what you're involved in. Sorry about that. looks like my um, Wi-Fi went down for a hot second. Uh, thank you so much for, for inviting me, Nick. Uh, everyone, like you mentioned before, my name is Sean Cromwell. I graduated from the University of Southern California uh, with a degree in um, economics. Uh, from there, I went into personal finance, working with Northwestern Mutual for about four years uh, before I decided to go into automotive. Um, within automotive, I, you know, did training for starting with one dealership, BMW, um, was then given the opportunity to become a regional training uh, manager with uh, Chrysler uh, in Texas. And then that led to uh, sales psychology trainer for Northern California, also with uh, Chrysler. And then finally being welcomed as one of the first four uh, digital retail consultants uh, operating with Hyundai. In my spare time, I like to trade, day trade primarily, a little bit of swing trading. I'm going to assume that everyone that sees this video, you know, probably college age, that kind of thing. So I'm going to keep all of my terminology and just sort of my, my capacity of how I got started uh, to someone that probably has never looked at the video before. All right. So if anything, Nick, again, thanks for bringing me in. Guys, I'll share as much information as I possibly can, but keep it concise. You can actually use it. I appreciate that, Sean. Yeah. So, but then, with that being said, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, um, so, how did how did you uh, get into trading, um, and how can knowing about stocks separate you financially? Um, well, <clears throat> to be honest with you, it all started when I was in high school. Um, I was dual threat athlete and student, um, and I was looking forward to going to school, looking forward to going to the pros. Uh, but ultimately, I'd always said, you know, I'll probably be done playing basketball when I'm like five, uh, 25, 26 years old. And I wanted to be a financial role model for my family. So when I got to college, you know, that was my mindset. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, at first when I got there, they put me in communications as my major. And then I decided to switch over to policy planning and development with an emphasis in uh, real estate because my mom was into real estate. And by that time, I, you know, I'd completed all these courses, still wasn't really uh, settled with what I was doing. And so I looked into the business school and realized at the point of where I was, I think I was a junior at the time, it was a little bit too late for me to start trying to, you know, acquire a business degree, uh, business bachelor from um, USC. 
So I went into economics and I was able to get a little bit of a financial background there. And then, like I said, I, I, you know, I applied for an internship with uh, Northwestern Mutual while I was still going to school at USC and got offered a full-time position just before graduating. So that's that's uh, great, man. It's crazy how just all how sports uh, kind of opened up the door for you uh, and just made you get that mindset because it was kind of like the same way for me. You know, I played football and basketball in high school and I went on to play basketball in college and it's like, you know, basketball is not going to be here for the long run. So what's what's next for me? And, uh, you know, I found my passion and doing stuff and communications and marketing and stuff like that and just growing from there and, and knowing a little bit about stocks. So just knowing how I could, you know, find different ways of uh, earning, earning multiple incomes so I could be able to, you know, set that mold for my family as well, like you said. So with that being said, uh, how can we stop the gap of African-Americans in our communities not knowing much about stocks and not knowing how to use it? That's a good question. And you know what? I just thought about the answer I just gave, right? Because I want to make sure, you know, me just kind of monologuing and telling you guys my story, that's that's one thing. Sure, if, you know, if you're young enough to follow my path, great. But let's put it let's put it this way. If you look at stocks and money, you change your perspective. Start with you know the people who have it, right, or the people who have it for generations. What is it they have going on that's so special? You know, any of these any of your listeners, have you ever met someone who had a lot of money and thought to yourself, man, that person doesn't really seem that smart or special? Like, what is it about them that gives them the right to have all this? You know, why is it I'm over here struggling for years at a time? Things like that. Some of the things these people don't realize they know is they have a different relationship, number one, with time, and number two, with money as an object itself. All right, we pursue money, and we, as in people who normally have to, you know, live paycheck to paycheck, or people who've had to, you know, deal with nights not being able to eat, they pursue money differently, all right? And that's a very, very, very difficult mindset to obtain, especially, especially, especially um, when you're at the point right now where every dollar counts. Yeah. All right. So let me start by saying you can forgive yourself for not being in a place where you can't just, you know, think money doesn't matter because it does. Because it does. You know, I, I saw a post the other day, something along the lines of they were trying to ridicule people who don't have a lot of money. They said you give someone who's got money 600 bucks, they're going to invest in and turn it to $7,200 within a year. The other person's going to spend it. You know, it's going to be gone in a month. I mean, yeah, because they need it. All right, so <clears throat> let's start here, mindset. You have to look at time differently, all right? And then you also have to understand that making money is more about strategy than actually having $100,000 to start with, yeah. all right? I remember when I first looked at a stock, how many of you guys raise your hand, you know, you saw stocks, you saw a stock that cost $400 and you're like, man, I can't just put $400 into a stock. And that was the end of the road. You know, rather than thinking to yourself, I can afford $20 worth of that stock, you know, or you look at a stock that costs $5, $15, and that stock went up 30 something percent. Yeah. Okay, sure, if you only had, you know, 30% of 15 bucks, it's five bucks, but 30% of $150,000. Right. So if you're able to make a gain, no matter how small, if your strategy works, it takes time. Any of you guys are living in the Northeast, any of you guys who've ever, you know, Texas just had to deal with the snow. 
uh, not too long ago, did any of you guys try to make a snow a snowman? You don't just pile up a bunch of snow. You roll a ball, and it eventually gets larger and larger and larger and larger. That's literally how you start with stocks, and it is slow as hell, and it's annoying. Yeah. Somebody very, very smart told me the first one hundred thousand is a pain in the a. And yeah, I know some of you guys are like hundred thousand. Shoot, first thousand, first twenty five grand. Change the way you think about it. Definitely. Give yourself permission to be rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a. Uh... That's uh, that's one thing that I I have to learn uh, my mentality and the generational man. We want everything so fast, like, and I'm pretty sure it was like that for every 20 year old growing up. We want it all fast. You want to have a million dollars by so and so, but some people just catch lucky breaks, and it's not going to be that for everybody. So you just have to take your time for everything and and take it one day at a time, and can't put so much pressure on ourselves. But with that being said, uh, we're going to come back after break. Uh, so far, man, it's been a, just a very intelligent episode so far, man. Uh, Brother Sean, he's just spitting out some great gems for us so, so we can uh, make sure we have the best uh, best selves of our future moving forward. Uh, with that being said, we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Project Still I Rise home of the National Youth Chamber of Commerce. The chamber is dedicated to youth entrepreneurship success through the facilitation of education and access. For additional information on the National Youth Chamber, please visit the website at www.nychamberpsir.org. Hey, welcome back from break. Uh, it's, uh, so far, uh, Today, we're talking about the, the importance of um, investing and where, where you should be investing with, uh, with the, a great brother. I'm in from the gym again, Sean Cromwell. So far, he's just been spitting gems. It's just uh, it's been great. Uh, very knowledgeable in everything he do. And I, I kind of look up to him, man. I ain't known him for long. But, uh, yeah, just a, a great episode of Keep Rising. We're here to just empower you and inspire you to Make sure you you're making the best self of uh, for your future self. Uh, with that being said, going into our next question, Sean, what kind of mindset should a individual have as as far as getting into stocks? Okay, let's start with um, there. There are different types of trading. There's yeah. different types of trading. All right, uh, a lot of people use the term investing, and it's like a blanket term. Investing means that you have done research on a company. You know where that company's going. You, they've got technology that's going to you know, increase revenue and you're going to be able to ride the wave with them. That's long-term. All right, so for example, we, you, know, I mean, you mentioned crypto and things of that sort. Um, crypto is an interesting vessel that can move up and down like foreign exchange. That's the exchange of actual currency. That was like the original crypto. It's so, the word is volatile. It's so crazy. It can go up and go down. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Your money can be worth something one day and gone the next. Yeah. Um, when it comes to my crypto, I decided to take an investment path. All right. So I've got you know five or six different coins that I'm invested in. I don't care what happens today, next month, next week. I'm looking at it in five years. I might check on it at the end of each year. Can you do that? First mindset, can you literally set something down and forget it? Can you put money underneath the, 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 the mattress and leave it alone? I mean, heck, if you don't make a whole lot of money right now, try it as a test. Take something like, let's say if you made two grand a month, try to take $100 and 
put it underneath your mattress, leave it alone for a month. See if you can do it. All right. That's that's the first exercise. While we were on break, I was telling uh, Nick kind of the, the similarities between how, you know, maybe a lot of younger men, you guys are used to setting goals for, for weightlifting. Let's say you want to bench like, was it 215, 210? Yeah. How much is 245 and 45 pound bar? Uh, that's 225. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's say your goal is, is 245. 225, sorry. Again. <laughs> let's say it's 225. And right now you can get, you know, maybe you're bench pressing 135, you know, by the eighth rep, you start to struggle a little bit. You know good and well you're not going to hit 225 by Friday. All right, you're going to set small goals. You're going to have warm-up reps, sets, and things of that sort. That mindset is the same thing you're going to approach trading with. All right? And I say all that to go back to this. Investing long-term. Uh, swing trading means you're going to hold something overnight or maybe for a few days, no longer than that, um, because you expect it to go up and down, up or down. Uh, the amount of research you're doing for swing trading is a little bit different than what you're doing for investing. Uh, when it comes to investing, you want to see what that company truly is worth based on their physical assets. If somebody decided to sell that company today, it is worth this much because they own this many buildings and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, what we're seeing a lot right now is presumed value. Hey, because of all this, you know, all these people are excited about it. Uh, the value of this company is probably like $900 billion and they only have like $3 billion in assets. All right. So that's that's something we're seeing a lot right now. That's okay when it comes to day trading, which is something I do a little bit of. So I, I, do, I do a mix of swing trading when it comes to stocks and day trading. And uh, when it comes to my day trading, I'm only looking at a couple of metrics to see where the volatility is heading. All right. I don't do options just yet. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, but for right now, what I do is there's two things I'm going off of. First off, I don't really care about the stocks that I'm trading, Let, so to speak, that I don't care about their business. I don't care about what they're selling. I, I really don't care. They're just three letters to me. They're three letters and a few numbers that I'm looking at. The numbers I'm looking at are how many people are trading, you know, how many millions of people are trading. So I know how quickly the, uh, the, the stocks will move. I, I did learn and I do understand how to look at the uh, red green reports, which is a whole nother conversation. That's something you guys can look up online. Um, YouTube is a really great teacher. And then um, the other thing I'm looking at is um, how much they're gapping up. Gapping is a shorthand phrase for, you know, how much do they go from the start of the day to previous closing? You know, how much do they actually increase or decrease? And usually I go and pick a few of the, you know, I like to pick layups, but here's why I can do that. Like if you're trading with 200 bucks, 300 bucks, 400 bucks, it might take you a while to make any money doing this, using this um, procedure, using this strategy. Uh, Cause what I'm looking at is, okay, if I can afford 1,000, 8,000, 16,000 shares, that's a multiple. Yeah. So now if that stock goes up, let's say five cents, let's say 10 cents. All right. If I'm able to afford a thousand shares and it goes up by 10 cents or even one cent, let me just do the math real quick. By the way, notice that I'm actually picking up a calculator because even little math equations like this, I'll double check. So, you know, if you're not great at math, that's perfectly okay. I actually am decent at math. And so I still use, you know, calculators for simple things like this. So if I, uh, if I got a thousand shares, stock goes up 10 cents, that's a hundred bucks. You know, if I'm able to make $250, uh, let's do the math real quick, 250 times five, 
1250 times four is 5k times um, 12 is 60k a year yeah. on top of whatever it is you're making. Yeah. All right. Again, a thousand shares, that could be a share that costs, you know, if you got a $2 share, that's two grand. If you got a $15 share, you know, you do the math. The point is, is that the way I look at stocks, I don't really, I look at them slightly different uh, than, than what a typical novice would look at. They're like, oh, shoot, I can't afford, you know, well, that stock just went up $80. Yeah, but that stock costs $500. All right, you only get one share, you only get one multiple of $80. Yeah. Now, if I have $500,000 and I can buy a thousand of those and I get 80 grand, you know, it's a very different buildup for me. And then also you asked me about the mentality. Um, I'm perfectly fine. I don't care how rich I get. I won't say that. Uh, let's put it like this. As I continue to go up in earnings as of now, like for, for, for where I am right now, if I made 250 bucks in a day and that's a $60,000 employee that I don't have to worry about six days, six days that I've yeah. added to my income. I'm cool with that. Yeah. If I, if I'm, you know, if I'm just starting out and I was able to make 50 bucks a day, what's 50 bucks to somebody. That's like your, that's more than your day's expenditure. That's, that's gas. That's your food. And it came from doing nothing. It could have come from you waking up that morning, having swing traded the previous day and the stock went up enough for you to be able to profit that money right then and there. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, another conversation would be the taxes on your earnings. That's, that's another talk that we have to get into, especially when you got things like Robinhood, which they give you a debit card. Now, I don't know if you guys know that, but you can literally have a debit card, direct access to your trading account with Robinhood rather than having to wait two, three days for the money to go to the account. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I'm staying on, on, on topic. But, um, did I answer your question, Nick? Or, or did I yeah, kind of no. get away from it? Yeah, it just uh, opened up a whole new mindset for me. Like, and what you I'm said glad, about the Robin Hood was pretty cool. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I did, man. Cause yeah. honestly, guys, look, if my if my accent throws you off, if I sound like I'm too, you know, up, get all that, man. Look, the, the truth is there are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people that we've never even heard of that we'll never know that have these houses in these nice neighborhoods and boats and Beamers and Bentleys and they're not rappers and singers and stuff. And they figured this out, you know, and they started out at a point, you know, like you and I, we didn't have a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Be okay with that. It's all right. You know, be okay with benching 135. You'll get to 225. And once you get to 225, you're not going to want to stop. Mm-hmm. You're going to look over and see guys three plates on their bar. You're going to want to hit that too. And you can do it. There's literally no reason you cannot do it. Um, have patience. It's okay. Tough word. Gets on my damn nerves. Patience is a word we can talk about for an hour. Yeah. Um, by patience, I mean your mindset needs to be, it's okay if I lost this today. Can you be okay with that? Can you be okay? And I'll tell you, here's, here's another one for you that I learned myself. If you are willing to screenshot whatever you've earned in the stock market at that moment, moment, it's time to sell. Yeah. If it's good enough to screenshot, it's good enough to, to pocket. You guys sitting there like, oh man, let me just see if it'll go up a few more bucks. <laughs> Seriously, go. it's hilarious when that happens, man. Uh-huh. I hate it when that I hated when that happened until I started doing what I just said. And then after that, be okay if the stock continues to go up. You made your money. Yeah. You can make more money tomorrow. Nothing yeah. is worse than when you're sitting there, and I've done this a bunch of times. When you, I usually trade from um, first the when the bell opens to probably about 30 minutes after, if that. 
All right. Usually my trading is done within the first five minutes of the day. Mm. I take whatever I get. It's a strategy. I stick to it. It's like coaches that have an annoying flex offense. They just won't budge. They'll win. They'll lose. They'll take the average. Yeah. You know, that's a good way to look at it. Figure out a strategy that you will not budge from. Mm. Don't get greedy. That's a simple way to put it. But I'm telling you right now, it's cool to watch some of these. You know, you get lucky sometimes. Stock goes up more than you realize it would. You jump off before it starts crashing down. Um, some people do what's called scalp trading. That means uh, when you're literally buying enough stock, waiting for it to go up just X amount of cents, and that produces like maybe a $250, $400, $500 return, and then you're out. Or in, in, in beginner terms, it'll be like a $15, $30, $40 return, and then you're out. You know, if you can make a dollar, you can make a million. It just, you, you gotta, you gotta give yourself some time. Be okay with the small losses. Uh, use a, use a uh, simulator for God's sakes, use a simulator. You got a bunch of them. And when you figure out if there's a, if there's a weakness in the simulator that you can exploit and cheat, don't. All right. Some of these simulators don't load as fast as the market actually loads. And so you'll sit there and kind of see a heads up of where the market's going to go, which makes you feel a bit more confident in cheating the simulator. You're cheating yourself because you wouldn't do that with your money. Yeah. 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 You just take your time. You heard what he said. Just take your time. Uh, I, yeah, I had to learn that. I was like, man, uh, sitting here doing the, the crypto and with all these other stuff and all the other stocks that I got into. And I was sitting here. I was like, man, I would just wish just hair, this money would hurry up and grow. But I was like, I was like, I saw, I was like, it'd be now there's times where I just don't even watch it because it, it takes away the anxiety away from me. And when I don't watch it and I, I'm able to, you know, you know, invest into it more freely and not not worry about it. And if it goes down, it goes down. If it goes up, great. I'm going to keep going, keep pushing, and just uh, wait for my next opportunity. With that being said, what are, uh, what are some of your uh, basic strategies, you know, that you follow uh, more concise on uh, trading stocks in crypto? Um, well, for crypto, crypto is an interesting animal. To be honest with you, I'm still – learning, understanding crypto. And there's another gentleman at the, at the gym. Uh, I got to introduce you to him. Uh, he actually, you know, he, he's renting out an apartment to somebody and the tenant mines for him as a part of their agreement for him to be able to live there. So not only is he getting money for rent, but someone is mining crypto and he gets the crypto as well. And the tenant gets to keep a portion of it, help him out. That's a really, that was a smart idea, which I came up with. Yeah. Um, but I'm still doing research on crypto as a product. Um, early on, I decided to, you know, I actually remember when Bitcoin first came out. And so I haven't slept well since, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I decided to grab some, I just tried to grab some Doge. I grabbed some Safe, Safe Moon, uh, some Shiba. I've got, um, starts with an E. I keep forgetting this one. Ethereum. Yeah, I got yeah. Ethereum. And I've got another one I can't remember right now. It starts with an A. Actually, let me pull up my phone. Let's see. Also, I've got about six wallets for crypto. And that, that's not because I'm a genius. It's because I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did I sell it? I sold it. <laughs> I think I did. 
yeah, but all of those, um, you know, my strategy for them right now as I'm learning is just simply hold. Yeah. And I was able to buy, um, you know, because these things are, are cost so little, I, I decided I would get um, probably about a K worth of each. So whatever a dollar's worth, that's not a dollar, a thousand dollars for each of those cryptos, except for Ethereum. I bought, I actually bought a few coins. Um, I do have a little bit of Bitcoin and not an entire coin. Um, it's, it's, you know, I, like I said, I am currently in the point where I'm doing a lot of research. I'm watching, I'm reading, I'm listening to all the quote unquote experts trying to find a common denominator between all the information. So I don't pick one person to listen to when it comes to a subject like this, because there's going to be people who are like, buy it and hold it. You're going to be fantastic. And other people are like, it's going to be dead in a week. Yeah. You know, so I try to find myself somewhere in the middle when it comes to crypto. Again, yeah. that's a five-year holding plan for me, which I'll check every 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Um, that money, you know, that money just it sits over there. It's not doing anything. As far as trading, um, let me see here. Let me see if do I have the ability to take to screen share? Uh yeah, but it, uh it's not a we're not doing video, we're just getting audio from this. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, in that case, let me see if I can pull up. Um, one of my favorite. So when I when I left when I left Northwestern Mutual, that was um. There's there's three main stages of financial earnings. There is uh, or three types. There's your active income. That's what you make as you know with your sweat equity. Uh, you know, if you don't work, you don't make money. That's sweat equity. So that's active income. You got your uh, passive if you have investments or anything like that where you don't have to work. That money's being made even when you sleep. And then you've got your kind of home run kind of stuff. That's, uh, you know, maybe there's a company you're investing in or stocks you're investing in. It's active and it has a huge upside. But all of that is, you know, it's not proven until it's proven. Yeah. Um, and so I, that was just something I need to tell you guys that you need to kind of have in your back pocket. Um, when it comes to trading, when I got back into it, um, I started looking around for a trading coach. I wanted to talk to, preferably, I like to speak to someone who's a human so that I can ask them in the words that I can speak since I'm, you know, learning, learning finance and learning stocks can be like learning a new language, so to speak. There's, there's some terminology that you don't use in everyday language. Um, there's thought processes that aren't typical. And so, you know, I wanted to talk to a person, but I knew that I should have at least a baseline sort of uh, refresher of uh, information before I did that. Now, my initial training came, came in the form of um, risk assessment, risk prevention. So the first thing I did when I was, I think I was like 20, 20, when I was 20 years old was I invested in whole life insurance, um, term life insurance. And I also invested in um, packages that would protect my income, even if I got sick, like really sick. And so I'd still get, you know, 60, 70% of whatever it is I'm making at the time. Uh, even after things like Aflac ran out, this would go for years and years and years after that. So I wouldn't have to worry too much about money. 
Now, I did it at that age because it was less expensive uh, at that age. And to put it in perspective, uh, I don't pay as much as a pair of Jordans every month for that, but that was kind of the equivalent. Like instead of getting a pair of J's, I decided to put, you know, some of that money towards this. And I told myself that's just going to have to be there. Like, that's just my income now. You know, so if that's 200 bucks a month, that's, uh, what is it, $2,400 a year. So if you're making 50K, you don't make 50K anymore. You make, what, 47, 47.6, something like that. Um, so that's just how I looked at my income once that money was put aside. And that was something tough to do. It takes about three months for you to develop a habit. That's another habit. You know, you have to be okay with that habit. You have to forget about it. Mm-hmm. It's just like saying, if I got $500 in my savings account and my trade in my, in my checking account is $15, I got $15. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I'm not going to lie to you guys because it's real easy to be like, I'm going to put it back. Yeah. You start sounding like a crackhead when you do that. That's <laughs> yeah, serious. I'll put it down later, man. Be all right. I can, I can put it down when I want to. Um, so I, um, so that's my background. So I'm, I'm what they call risk averse naturally, but to be honest with you, I'm okay with risk because I'm in my early thirties. Um, first place I went was YouTube and I looked up, uh, I don't know how many videos, man. Matter of fact, um, when I got back into it, it started with Lint as it turns out, it started with Lint. I told myself for 40 days, my honor, the way I gave honor to Lint was, uh, every day I would look at at least 30 minutes of stock trading education. Didn't matter who it was, didn't matter what exactly it was, just 30 minutes. And what was cool about that was I just, I kept seeing a bunch of different things pop up. I noticed that there was like $15 classes for sale, you know, through some website or whatever that hilarious I ended up not even using. Um, then I, 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 I recognized what kind of teacher I like to listen to when it came to this kind of information. Some of us like somebody that speaks like myself. Some of us like someone that speaks quickly, like these sharky kind of guys from New York. Uh, some of us like the guys that are completely unassuming and they speak you know, a little slower. I like those guys. I don't really like the fast, fast talking, super loud, extravagant guys. Calm down, just tell me what you got going on. There's a, there's a, there's a person on YouTube that follows many different, communication strategies and they're they're all over the place you guys can find those guys um once i did i then i started to do like a background check on the person i was listening to to make sure they weren't a fraud because there's a lot of those out there you guys who have instagram and stuff once you start looking at financial pages all of a sudden you start getting requests from these random financial gurus talking about you know, we can make you 2% every day off of our stuff. You pay us like $1,800. We'll give you signals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you straight up, if you have no idea where these signals come from or what a signal really is, other than the basic, somebody lets you know when to buy into something and when to sell. If you don't, you're going to end up screwing yourself up. All right. I don't know how many Forex traders I got following me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Those And some of them are bots. Some of, them are bots. Some of them are people who actually have money, uh, but it's, it's a scam and they might live like out of the country so they can't be prosecuted. Um, you know, I, I remember coming across, I remember one of them, I was about, I was that close to purchasing and I decided not to. Um, 
Then on another one, I decided to buy in. I actually bought into a training program that cost, I think it was like 3K. Yeah. And the deal was that you would give, you would have access to like all of their training and stuff like that for about a month and a half. You had to get up to a certain level of training and then you could request a refund if you wanted it. Um, and you know what? I actually got to a point where what I was looking for was basic understanding of, of terminology, of what I was looking at when I was looking at red green reports and things of that sort. And again, just a refresher at that point, looking at what they were offering for sale and looking at what was available on YouTube, I decided to go ahead and get my refund and went back into YouTube. Once I did that, the YouTube videos made more sense. I mean, heck, I just ride around in the car, just listening to it, getting used to hearing certain terms over and over and over again. Um, the amount of time I spent in this educational journey was about a little bit under a year, give or take. For you guys who are looking for a benchmark, um, a little bit under a year. And I didn't actually start using money uh, even with the with the fake trading platform, I didn't play around with those until maybe like month four or five. Now, if you guys are sitting out there being competitive and you're like, oh, I'm going to hit it in a month two, that's perfectly fine. Hit it in month two if you can. All right. Hit it in month two if you can. But the longer you the longer you perfect your understanding of, of how they communicate about stocks and bonds, once you start, you know, accidentally putting it on CNN, and you're able to keep up with why they're talking about what they're talking about. That's a good. That's a good indicator that you're getting better, yeah. because they speak English, but this it's in a different dialect. They use different terminology, and we're not accustomed to hearing that, right? Yeah. But the longer you spend learning this kind of stuff, then when you start to kind of grasp it, you feel good about grasping it. It's like being in a class and you know what's going on. You don't feel like the dumb person in the class. You're like, no, I got this. I understand that. Because the cool thing is, is when it comes to stocks and bonds. Um, more specifically stocks um the the it's like algebra it hasn't changed mm -hmm. all right it's it, you know the stocks the, the companies come and go but the game itself is pretty much stayed the same aside from you know different rules and regulations that's the cool thing about it so you know somebody that's been doing this for 30 years could talk to somebody who's been doing it for five months and they're still relevant yeah if not more so um one of the places I go, I go to tradeideas.com. That's trade-ideas.com. And uh, I look up the top gappers with volume. And the cool thing about that is, is that uh, it shows you companies like, for example, I'm looking at it right now. And the company at the top right now is PALT. Remember I said earlier, I don't care about which company. As long as they meet my standards of what I'm looking for to trade, then I'm going to trade with them. Yeah. This company currently goes at 10 bucks, 53 cents per share. Uh, they, this past day, there was a little bit under 95 million people trading this company and the stock went up $2 and 14 cents. All right. So if I'm looking at it from the equation I gave you guys earlier, I'm able to afford a thousand, 5,000, whatever shares. let's say a thousand shares. All right. So at a thousand shares, that is okay. So that's ten thousand four hundred and seventy bucks. You ask yourself, who's sitting around here with ten thousand dollars right now? You might not have it right now, but trust me, you will at some point. All right, 
And I say that casually because that's part of the mentality I want you guys to have money. Don't, don't be afraid of money. Yeah. You know, it's going to come. You're, gonna, you're rolling a snowball right now. Hell, you're gathering snowflakes. Believe that it's okay to think that you'll have 10K as part of your trading uh, portfolio to trade with. How, how old are you, Nick? 24? 23. 23. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anytime you guys say your age, if you're under 25, you talk to anybody over 30, they're going to they're gonna blow a raspberry and be like, oh, my God, you got so much time. But look, time is relative. All right. Four years of your life is like, what, a little under 20% of your life. Four years of my life is not 20% to me. All right. Like I can, I, I remember four years ago, like the last two years didn't happen. Anyway, so that's 10,000 bucks. And um, if I was able to benefit profit off that $2.08, that'll be a thousand times 2008. That's 2,000 bucks for that day. Yeah. All right. If I was able to afford that stock, which would have been eight bucks at the time. So the number's a little bit off. But the point is, if I was able to invest in this particular company, that's what they would have gotten. And what I'm thinking is tomorrow, <clears throat> this is me doing, doing research for tomorrow today. I would, then I would go and look at what the, uh, what the news is on this company. You know, why are, they, why are they doing so well? How many people are normally trading this? Was it normally like 5 million people? And then all of a sudden, 90 million people found out something I didn't know at the time. I'll go in and see, you know, what was the catalyst? Yeah. And if there's a catalyst, then I'll put them on my watch list for tomorrow to trade. Yeah. Now, as a swing trader, I might buy them uh, in the aftermarket. So what happens then is, is that whatever the closing price is, you can put in an order to buy X amount of stock. And you're holding it. Now, overnight, the stock can go up and down, but you can't sell it overnight and profit. If you sold it, you sell it for the same price you bought it for, all right? Now, as soon as the bell rings the next day, depending on where the price is, you can either benefit off of whatever happened overnight, or you can have a, a quick drop, which normally happens. Normally, there's like a quick jump and a quick drop because the, 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 the shares are being, the, the orders are being processed and people are taking their, they're taking their money immediately, all right? That's swing and scalp. You know, they're just whatever positive is positive. I'm out. Some people do that. Some people, when they day trade, they look at the uh, fluctuations of price versus volume. Volume meaning how many people are sharing, uh, excuse me, how many people are trading. And they will look for certain patterns that have been recognized to figure out when, you know, the stock is going to go up. And if a stock has a good reason to go up, for example, uh, AMC back in like May or something like that, you got people that will buy in knowing that, hey, you know what, we're going to buy what's called the dip. That's when the price sells off. So the price is up here. People want to grab their their uh, their gains. And then obviously the price is going to drop because it's been sold. And then people are like, OK, I think that it's probably only going to go down like X amount of dollars. I'm going to buy in down here so I can earn, so I can have more shares, more multiples. And then when the price goes up, awesome. This is going to look great. And then they get out with whatever their goal is. Um, I kind of ran, ran through you guys just now, sort of organically, both of the strategies that I use when it comes to trading. Now, obviously, I did that in like three or four minutes. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say take what I just said and just go run and do it. Like, 
again, I've looked at a lot of stuff. I read a lot of stuff before I decided to, to utilize this as my trading strategy. And the reason why it is my trading strategy is because it kind of, it blends very well. Close. I'm actually looking at, I was actually looking at the numbers while I was talking to you just now. Um, it blends very well with my risk adversity and the fact that I am very bullish when it comes to, you know, trying to make money. I don't, you know, I personally don't leave my money in stocks for more than a few days, if that. Um, the only time I will leave it for a few days is if I'm investing in an IPO because IPOs, you know, might go down. For example, Robinhood had an IPO and uh, they had a pretty decent valuation, which I believed at the time was 80% realistic. And um, when it first came out, when, first, when the IPO first dropped, there was a lot of negative press because Robinhood did some shady crap. We all know it. Yep. And it went down. And what was cool is, is that I, I sold. Well, no, actually, first it spiked up for a second. I sold. Then it dropped to the floor and I bought. And then I was able to catch a little bit of that, that volume going up. I think it went up to like 70 bucks in the first like week or so. And I was able to profit on some of that. And the cool thing is, is that um, when you start trading enough, it gets to be almost like a video game. You start to look at the pricing. You're like, you know what? It looks like the pricing is going up and down. Since here, and I'm going to pull my money. I'm going to go down for a little bit. I'll buy in right here. If it gets back up to seven cents from where I am right now, I'm cool with that. Notice that I keep talking in terms of change. I haven't even mentioned dollars. I said 10 cents, eight cents, five cents. Like gain is gain is gain. You know, mm -hmm. it really is. And right now for me, what's more important for me is that I can afford more multiples. I want to afford more shares so that I don't have to risk waiting for a stock to go up a whole dollar or $3 or $15 to make a decent amount. Yeah. I can watch it go up five cents and come out with like, you know, depending on how many thousands or whatever shares I got, that could be 500 bucks, it could be two, three grand in one day. Or more specifically, if there's a lot of volatility, those that change can move within like five, 10, 15 minutes. When you start seeing, if, even if you don't trade right now and you did the math, let's say you, fake had the ability to buy 10,000 shares of some stock you like, and then you did the math on what that would or could be if you had bought that stock and the, and the stock went up 15 cents, it starts to really adjust what you think about money. And then you think to yourself, somebody's out there looking at money like that. Yeah. That's weird. Somebody just made $15,000 in two minutes. Yeah. And, and on this call or, you know, you know, within the sound of my voice, that's somebody's six month income. Yeah. That's somebody's parents, six months income. That's six months of their life. And someone made in two minutes. And then you have to wonder how do they view life? Do they even value life? Like it's weird. Do they even value money? What does money look like if you just make it? You wake up in the morning at 8:30 in the morning. That's when that's when the market's open here in Texas. And by 8:35, you know, you made 17K. Just, uh, it's just, yeah, uh, just uh, do you want do you want to trade tomorrow i don't know maybe am i making 17k a day no i wouldn't say that even if i was yeah um just the mindset that we gotta have you know yeah just gotta take it as it is you know that's all it is right. and just learning gotta learn bit by bit bit by bit and just just go from there and that um just been so it's been great man just learning from you for as far as the 
uh, learned a lot from you today, man. It's just because I know a little bit of it. Uh, I'm in. I'm in the game. It just um, just opened up my mind to a whole new ball game. Uh, what what more do I need to pay attention to? What you know, and just uh, how how can I focus in deeper? And uh, you know, and be able to share it to others because at the end of the day, um, we we all want to make money. We all want to be financially stable. You know, uh, I, I go back to the to the metaphor my grandpa used to always use with me. He's a he's like a man is like a table. We we have four legs uh, spiritually, physically. Uh, mentally and financially and that's the four legs on the table now one of those legs can break and the table will still stand but as soon as you put some weight on that end of the table with the broken leg table's gonna fall over the table's no good no more so it's just that that was just like perfect like how you explained like financially just like gotta take everything everything that we do in life as far as learning how to invest financially mentally physically and spiritually we we, we got to take everything one day at a time but uh, with that being said we go on to our last question um, outside of stocks uh, what are some other things that you do with your money investment wise uh, I know I have a, a Roth RA in the traditional RA account so what, what are some other things that you do with your money glad you brought that up yeah. so um Sorry, I had to I had to stop my mind from trying to throw 80 thoughts out of my mouth. <laughs> um, fellas, ladies, gentlemen, everyone on the call. Um, and I say some of the things I say on purpose because I don't want you guys to be of limiting belief. And having money is not evil. It only modifies it. It amplifies who you are. And once you guys get your child, I keep saying once you guys do is if I expect it. You asked me, the first question you asked me was the mindset. All right. Without being, you know, an a-hole, I just simply expect it because I see why it's possible. It makes sense. So, so learn. And um, Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs. All right. So for those of you who don't know, uh, last time I checked, an IRA was maxed out at 18, uh, not 18, $17,500 $17, a year, which means that's all you can put into it a year. I had to go back and check because I don't use one. Um, I'll explain why in just a moment. The Roth IRA, I believe, is $5,500 a year maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good tools when you're at that level and those tools are useful. Ask yourself what a person who makes a quarter million dollars is going to do if all they can put away is, uh, what is that, $22,500 a year? Not to say I make quarter mil, but I just want to open this up a little further. Since Roth IRAs and IRAs are relatively pedestrian, as in we kind of, we, we've heard this word before, it won't be hard for us to learn about. I'm going to go ahead and, and give you guys the first prep for your next level of, of wealth and, and understanding. One of the reasons why I got involved with Northwest Mutual wasn't because they sold great life insurance, all this other kind of stuff. It's because um, they're one of the most secure financial institutions, period. Their credit score, their credit score, the, the score of the credit for that company is actually higher than America. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Their rating is higher than America's rating. It's just hilarious. 
That being said, if uh, all the people who invested in their company were to die today, they actually have enough assets to pay out all of their life insurance. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That And when, when the Twin Towers came down, they were the first company to start paying out to people who, without even having death certificates, they were paying out life insurances. Now, why am I bringing this up? Not trying to give them clout per se. But what I learned was the life insurance policy is not a life insurance policy. A whole life insurance policy is a rich man's Roth IRA. So what they do is if you got hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, and you're not buying, this is why people buy art. This is why people buy expensive cars and don't drive them. This is why people buy buildings and stuff. Money comes in different firms, forms. One is called you know, M1, that's easily liquid. So that's checks, cash, currency, stuff like that, stuff we deal with every day, credit. M2 is a little bit different. Those are CDs, the money that you can't liquidate quickly. It takes time. And buildings and things like that are another way of holding money because when it comes to a bank account, uh, if anything happens to the bank, you know, only about a quarter million of your money is going to be secure. So you don't really want to have a whole lot of cash in your bank account. So then you start buying assets like buildings, a building. Oh, well, that's a really nice four-story building. Oh, yeah, man. That's like eight billion. That's like no, it's like 80 million of my money. So I don't have to have it underneath my bed. That's a nice car. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, a, it's an appreciating asset. It goes up about six percent a year, you know, as long as I don't drive it. Uh, ooh, very nice artwork. I know, right? It's really easy to move. That's a 17 million dollar piece of money that I can just pick off a wall and put inside of a safe and hold my money that way. And I say all those things to go back to life insurance. So let's say you came into a lot of money. There's a really big jackpot going on right now. Wouldn't say put all that money in life insurance, but there would be money there. Um, the whole life insurance policy, you're able to pay into it monthly, whatever you would like, whatever percentage of your income you would like to pay into it. The cool thing is, is that it develops a call a cash value. That cash value grows over time because life insurance companies that have whole life, they're investing into the market, but they're investing into um, blue chip stocks, things that are very concrete. They just grow over time along, you know, just barely beating out inflation. All right. What's cool about it is you can take from that money tax free. What? You can borrow from your life insurance policy tax free. Um, the only catch is that when you pass away, they just deduct whatever money you didn't pay back. They deduct that from the death benefit. So if you borrowed $30,000 for a down payment on a house and your benefit was a million, then your family gets back 970K. And so uh, I've been paying into my whole life insurance policy a little bit more than what I can, than what I can put into a Roth IRA and, and, a, and a traditional IRA for a while. And so that's, that's part of it. Now, that being said, if you can do all three, yeah. there's literally nothing wrong with having as much money as you need to have by the time you're, you're, you're old and gray. And again, some of you guys are hearing what I'm saying. You're like, man, that's a lot of money. Dog. Like really, man, 5k over here, 17, five over there. Are you throwing all this in money? And that's that you asked me about the mindset. That's the mindset that's defeating us. Yeah. How many of your friends had parents that had life insurance? I got a policy that cost me $10 a month. One of my policies cost me $10 a month. It's hundred K. Yeah. If every black family on the planet had hundred K coming to them, if one of their elders died, we'd be talking about 
how do we get there? Or we'll be talking about how do we manage it? You know, this is this is my closing argument, man. You asked me about the mentality. I've given you guys some tidbits. I intentionally stayed away from the higher level, you know, strategies because we have no foundation. I'm saying that with all the kindness in the world. You know, we don't really have a foundation. Remember I told you guys in the beginning, I got into this because I wanted to be a financial role model for my family. I actually have financial role models in my family, but they're not, they're not open to this discussion like I am because everything I've learned, I've learned on my own. <clears throat> you know, um, we need to be okay with looking broke for a little bit yeah. while we use that money going towards, you know, if you got a Robin Hood account and you've gotten past that six month or whatever level where you're starting to think to yourself or even while you're learning, you sit there and you start maybe putting a little bit like 50 bucks a week or something like that into a Robin Hood account just to let it sit there. So when it's time for you to trade, you've actually got a little bit of money you're working with. You know, there's YouTube videos where guys start off with a few hundred dollars. You don't don't believe you might be able to do it. Just know that such a thing is you can trade with small amounts of money. You're not going to be rich in a month. You know, you might not make considerable money for like a year. And that sounds like it sucks. No, it just sounds like reality. OK, the world ain't Instagram man. It ain't going to happen in 15 seconds. It's not. Yeah, we're just All right. got to get out there. Yeah, for any everybody, man. Just, the mindset is key, man. It's just uh, yeah. we got to get out there right now and think about the long run. We we have to take each day as a step. We got 365 days in a year. That's one percent a day. At the end of the year, you should be 365 percent better. All right, let's get ready for the next year and let's keep going. Let's keep grinding, keep keep learning, and keep pushing and keep learning how to move your money and make sure you're making the right moves. And sometimes it, it may suck. It may not happen. It may go down, but we got to keep pushing. That's the, that's the whole point of this podcast is to keep rising. want to empower everybody. want to inspire everybody to be a better version of themselves at the end of the day. And um, thank you again, Sean, for just, you know, joining me on the show uh took me a while to get you on here but uh it's, it's great to have you on here finally man uh it's been great talking about the right thing to do and investing in in the stock game man um y'all make sure to follow us on uh, facebook instagram and linkedin at projects till i rise and uh is there any way that the people can follow you any uh, any social sites uh, if they have any questions I'll be perfectly honest with you, man. My, um, I want to say my Facebook is, has probably not been updated in 12 years. And um, I had a, one of my friends, as a joke, created an Instagram page for me that has three pictures on it. You know, I, I don't really crave followers, guys. Yeah. Um, if anything, if you have any questions for me, I have zero problem. You know, uh, Nick, you know how to get in touch with me. Yeah. If any of your listeners want to sit down, we can talk, all that good stuff. Um, you know, Free advice is perfectly fine for me right now. I'm not trying to profit off this kind of advice. Uh, so you guys just reach out to Nick. He can reach out to me. Right. We'll connect. And then, yeah. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in and keep rising. And remember, always taking one step at a time to be a better version of yourself. See you all on the next episode. Thanks again, Nick. Take care, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to this segment of Keep Rising with Project Still Our Rise. Please stay connected with us by visiting our website at www.psir.org. We look forward to you joining us next week. 
And remember, whatever you do, keep rising.